It was the year of great change, the year of sacrifice and equity, the year everything changed. The quarantine project was our last best hope for peace. So many trapped in a home of their own creation, 25,000 tons all listening to metal, all alone in the night. The year is 2021. The name of the place, my neighbor Transtoro. <laughs> Starring professional pet pet patter Samuel Damascus Orchard. Meow. And Chief Insecurity Officer MX Harry Ann Bedley 2.0. And maybe special guest this year. Fashion activist and writer Travis Alabanza? Actual human painting Oliver Assets? Or the living sextory, Rocio Vidal. Maybe the mayor of Queer Tea Town, Laser Malena Weber. And photos of cats. Sam, you're from 12 odd hours in the future. Are we gonna be okay? Well, it looks like we're gonna make it. Thank you for indulging my sci-fi nerddom. <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome. It, 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 the future has been quite earthquakey, actually. It's been a week of lots of earthquakes, which is a bit oh, wow. disconcerting. Perhaps we have um, arisen some kind of terrifying beast from the depths with all of our ineptitudes. Hopefully yeah, not. Wellington seems to go through kind of phases where over a series of two or three weeks we'll have like ten little ones. But it is a weird, it's a weird thing when the when the ground starts to shake and you're like, I have no control over this. Mm. I don't know how, if it's going to get worse and worse or if it's just going to be a little one. Damn. But it's okay. Nothing bad has happened yet. So that's good probably one of those things that you can't exactly get used to but you get less freaked out over yeah and i feel like you know like when i first moved down here i was kind of like oh what do i do because your instinct is to run outside and apparently that's a very dangerous place to be is outside because buildings fall outwards oh damn <laughs> but yeah, the safest place to be is in your bed oh and i really like that because it's bouncy and stuff well, yeah i think so oh that's, really, that's nice, so, at least. You, yeah. you wake up to an earthquake and you're like, well, better stay here. Yeah. Because quite good. often they happen at like two o'clock in the morning and you're like, what is that? Is it a truck going past or is it an earthquake? Because um, you can quite often hear them coming, which I also didn't know until I moved to Wellington. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's very localised yeah. then. Like how far away is yeah. Wellington from, where was it you before, Auckland? Yeah. Uh... I'm going to look it up because it's so bad. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. It is about an eight-hour drive, and it's about 640 kilometers. I, I left. Sorry. I do the same thing when anyone's like, how far is Leeds from this place? And they're like, well, it's this many hours by car, this many hours by train, roughly. And it's like, what's that, <laughs> yeah. what's that in miles? And they're like, what do you, you don't know. You don't get to plan it in your head because it's in miles. Like, practical. <laughs> Practical things. Time exactly. is what we use to measure distances. Time. Yeah. I'm not X many metres from town. I'm a ten minute walk from town, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're actually a sat nav. <laughs> you don't you exactly. don't need this. It's about four hundred miles though. New Zealand is built on lots of fault lines, but Wellington has a major fault line that runs in it. Mm -hmm. And I just moved into a place that is literally <laughs> on top of the fault line. Oh, no. But I haven't felt an earthquake since I've been here, which is kind of weird. Oh. But... It's breaking you in so, slowly. That's nice yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you arrive with your fabulous beard and you're like, flawless lines. <laughs> oh, yes, I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh. How have you been, Harry Ann? Uh, up and down. Um, I was saying in a long rambly bit that I'm going to put on the Patreon because <laughs> it was too long and too rambly and I'm very annoyed at British Parliament at the moment um, that I got very tired at work and I asked my boss for uh, to go back to my contracted hours after Christmas and not only did they oblige but also gave me the next day off because we had enough people in and I was like, oh my god! So yeah, I'm, I'm having a, a nice little break I've got four days off now, and I'm going to try and get back on doing some comics, because I've been wanting to do that, and I've been at, off the horse since lockdown happened, because many of us have, and that's okay. We needed to take some time to to process all of that emotional turmoil. Very well done to you for continuing to make comics, by the way. I know it's also like your job and everything, but... It's very self-motivated, and therefore it's impressive when anyone can keep doing it through difficult times. At least I it's, think so. It's, a real, it's, been, it's been a real struggle to try and get comics done. I feel like at times this year it's been kind of like wrenching them out of my body mm. with maximum effort. It hasn't felt easy. Yeah, and it's hard because your stuff's very heartwarming, and it, it must be difficult not to just be like, well... I know what I'm feeling at the moment, so here's a depressive one. Oh, it's been five weeks in a row. Maybe I should find something else to talk about. You know, like... Yeah. Major props to uh, people it, doing on... funny stuff who are find, managing to find the funny at the moment, because that cannot be easy. Yeah, and especially during lockdown with, you know, Rooster Tales, I haven't done as many strips this oh, in 2020 as I usually would, just because I was like, please, I've got nothing to say. Uh, another week uh, sitting at home doing nothing. <laughs> I was going to ask how your um, anthology is going. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Right, yeah. Yes, I've been and I was there like, uh, I'm okay, I guess. Emotional turmoil. It's like, uh, you have all these projects. Oh, yeah. That's something positive I could talk about. Uh, the next anthology I'm doing with my longtime friend, Tab Kimpton, uh, we've been taking it in stages because one of the things we did was uh, allow pairing up of just writers and just artists, which is really cool because we got a lot of artist submissions because the stories we wanted to come from um, trans femme and non-binary lived experiences and the art we were just there like anyone, preferably queer, but anyone can apply for the art positions. And it's been really good because that's allowed us to have more, oh, pardon me. We've been able to look at people's different circumstances and try to get people from different parts of the world, people of different experiences, ethnicities and everything. And having more writers and artists has made that a bit easier. Um, it's also been hard because there's so many good artist applications. And they're like, okay, how do we do this? First off, let's go down them and see if they have examples of comics. By the way, if anyone out there is applying for an anthology at any point, please make a portfolio. Please, we've had several that are just links to Twitter, which which we did go through, but I can see how people with less time would not, because that, that wasn't easy. Um, yeah, because you want to make it super easy for people to say yes mm, to you, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, we want to say yes. We, we were diving through some really great illustrations 
but scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, trying to find any examples of comics specifically, because illustrations of comics are very different things, like timescale-wise, and well, sequential work is just very different. Yeah, so when people are when artists are putting together their portfolios make sure that they're choosing things that fit the project as well right mm, yeah like if you've got like a 10-year body of work excellent please pick the stuff that is most recent for your art style and most relevant for the application even if you did some comic work 10 years ago it is better than none oh my god it would be so good to know that you can do comics literally at all that's fantastic illustration stuff they've only got one co front cover and one back cover <laughs> There's only two slots there, I'm afraid. Um, rambling on, but we have now paired all of the artists and writers. Uh, and... Yeah, very excited! And we've um, also decided on all the groups, the pairings of boths that entered, and also the solos that can do both. Uh, so yeah, we have our list. We have our extra list in case anyone struggles to keep up with the deadlines and whatnot, so we've got the, the, the backup there. And yeah, I'm really excited. I'm going to be working. I, I've written my story. I need to get a script draft done for the middle of this month. Um, and I'm going to be working with someone I'm so hyped about, who is a German artist, not Cami, who I have loved the work of for a very long time, and I'm super hyped to be working with them. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 hyped because there's some amazing talent going into Nectar and some very different stories, some weird, some really heartwarming, some just erotic. Like it's a really good mix. Uh, and I'm hyped. I'm so hyped. And we'll be we will be putting announcements of that on the official Nectar of Twitter uh, going forward. Woo! Nice. And is the plan once you've got it done to do a Kickstarter uh, so that people can back it. Yes, exactly that. Tab did that. Well, Tab's done quite a few Kickstarters at this point, and he did that last time with Ambrosia, which was the anthology for trans mask and non-binary people. And this is basically the same again, but for trans femme. Um, after that, who knows? Uh, I've heard a lot of talkings actually online about people wanting to do really specific ones like Ace and Arrow anthologies and non-binary non-erotica and they're like it's really cool now that we've gone we've gone through give us gay stuff into give us themed gay stuff into let's now go for the stuff that is definitely out there that people want that doesn't really exist like uh, the anthologies anything that loves uh, that was very like beyond uh, sexual binaries. Um, I can't remember, there was definitely one that you were in. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, I was, in, I was in Anything That Loves. Hey! I miss my books. I know, I miss books too. I love books. <laughs> Basically, on Beyond, oh, both the Beyond anthologies are wonderful. Uh, anything by Iron Circus or by uh, Northwest Press, they do very good jobs of doing these awesome things. Uh, also support Flamingo Rampant. They make really cool queer kids books, and uh, yeah, they're doing yeah. they're doing another round right now. I think yeah, or maybe they have just closed it on the next round, which is a kind of they've done children's little kids picture books, and now they kind of moved up into the next level. Whereas I think before it was kind of like four to eight year olds, and now it's eight to tenish. Oh, cool! Which is kind of cool. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, and um, 
I can update on a secret project that's no longer secret. That was that me and Gwen worked on a, I said last time for a YouTuber I really like, it's Jesse Gender, who does really cool Star Trek videos. They're a huge lover of sci-fi and uh, queer content as well. And super cool, trans gal on the YouTubes. I highly recommend watching their videos. And yeah, we did a, a poster to be used as a thumbnail for their Christmas special, which had like 30-odd guests in it from different Trek fandoms and commentary groups. And it was... Amazing. Yeah! And it was really good because it was like... The video itself discusses how there's not really been a Christmas episode on Trek because, at least initially, it was a show wherein religion is usually from the other and is often the plot point of the episode is to debunk it and get people past it. Uh, but there's not that much religion within the actual main cast members, at least not in the human ones. Uh, and then talking about how um, diversity without uh, religion is an interesting one because are you really getting a full culture that way? Uh, also, there are religions that aren't bad. There are also religions that are because people are bad and misuse them. Um, but basically, yeah, talking about why not have Christmas in Star Trek and also Hanukkah? Actually, why not have Hanukkah? There's a, there's a lack of that. Um, it's a really cool video. Highly recommend it. And it's also very funny. Like, Jesse's very good at putting in jokes to uh, add some levity to things. Yay. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Yeah. And we'll put the links in the show notes as per usual. Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, you uh, are you in a... No, no, I'm going to ask you one now. Uh, <laughs> okay. I've noticed that you are, yes, in bed, but are you in a new location? Yes, I've moved. I, um, I moved in. I had my first night in my new place on Christmas Eve. Woo! Which is very exciting. I've moved in by myself, which is very cool. I've been in kind of temporary housing situations for the last... Um, you know, year and a half, and so I found a more permanent place, which is very exciting, and I bought myself a new bed for the first time in my life, and I feel Ooh. like I'm living a very adult kind of situation where I've got house plants, and I'm trying to learn out how to not kill them, <laughs> and um, I'm finally getting my stuff out of storage, so that should be here in the next couple of weeks which means I have all my books back and things like that. And I have to think about things like, well, how do you decorate a house? <laughs> which is a weird situation. Uh, by house, I mean apartment. Mm. Um, but it is very, very nice to be in a place by myself and just kind of mosey around. And I have a spare bedroom, which feels very lucky. Um, which means that I can have people come and stay who needs need space or that's, want a holiday or things like that which is lovely that's so cool yeah i would love to visit you as soon as it becomes humanly possible and financially viable <laughs> so you know roll on 2069 <laughs> <laughs> i know we've been talking about visiting each other for a quite a long time and it's always been kind of you know, an outside possibility of, like, getting enough money and things like that. But at the moment, it just seems, like, comedically impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is not the year for it. 
Um, well, it was after yeah. I went to see my friends Rocio and Antonio in uh, Barcelona, and I was, you know, able to do that because I was guesting at a convention they were doing. And then you did a Kickstarter and was able to go around America some and visit Eric and Moen. Uh, and I was kind of there like, yeah. wait a minute, these are things people do. I, yes, we could do I this. could meet Sam. That's so cool. So yeah, it's it's definitely on my list to be like, is there a, can I get a comic out and then guest at a convention in New Zealand? I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. So yeah, that's a... a it's possible. Yeah. So they're like... You know, just... We could do a pod in person. I know. I'd love that so much. Oh, that'd be so cool. One day, one day. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it feels like in, in all the conventions, at least for the next, I don't I don't even know how long, mm-hmm. will be online for the foreseeable, but... Yeah. And online is great, and it makes it lots of it really accessible to lots more people, but... Mm-hmm. Hopefully at some point we can travel again before the earth warms up too much and we have to stop flying. <laughs> that was a bit bleak, No, sorry. no, it's, it's good. <laughs> a, a nice dose of realism, you know? That's fair. Oh. Well. Blah, 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 blah. Um, tell me about what you're reading, playing, what's entertaining you. Dance, Something you got good. me first. Um, <laughs> actually, oh, it was in um, a recent hanging out and doing Jackbox games with Laser and crew. Shout out to Laser. Woo. Um, so nice. Yeah, that I was that IKEA came up as one of the blather round options. I was like, oh, I've read this really cool book about like. Uh, multi-dimensional queer version of Ikea and Laser was like oh, Finna by Nino Cipri I was like oh, it is Finna by Nino Cipri oh my god you know um, yeah when I when I interviewed the bookish type uh, and we chatted about books and they brought up Finna I was there like oh my god this sounds like my jam two co-workers who just broke up one of whom is non-binary have to go through uh, tears in space time in order to find an old lady who's gotten lost in this weird Ikea from the section called... Because <laughs> they they describe the different cubes and areas of of this Ikea that's very uh, capitalist dystopian. And so the nilist bachelor cube has led to a strange <laughs> alternate dimension. They, the descriptions in this book are so good, are so excellent. Like, they describe this, these, each of these rooms' aesthetics and uh, the strangenesses of the different worlds in a very similar way. And, oh, it's so my jam. And it's short, which is excellent because I am bad at reading. Like, <laughs> I was able to get through this book very quickly and I love it very much. And I recommend it for anyone doing queer book clubs because it's just seriously good. Yay. And, like, a person's queerness is not the entire plot. Uh, it is definitely a part of that, but they're also defined by lots of other things. They're very cool. Yeah, I I read Finna very quickly. I love it very much. Uh, and Nino Cipri, the author, is on Twitter. They are a non-binary person of colour. I'd recommend following them. Uh, because it definitely looks like it could be a series. And I would love it to be, because it's very good. And I love a short book that I can finish, but I also want more of it. So, roll on to sequel! Maybe. 
Aha, excellent. I also enjoy it when authors seem like they're having fun as they're writing, and it, it's, it, your descriptions make it sound like that's what's going on in Finna, that the person is oh, really, like, yeah. like enjoying the in, in, funniness. In the world hopping, they do a really cool thing of, like, when they go from one world to the next, they try to balance things out, like, this one's really conceptual, but there's no one here. This one's really, like, ominous and fully just a horror setting. This one has cool pirate people. And it's just like, yes, I love this. I love the, the, the balancing that goes on. I'm so into it. Uh, speaking of world building, I'm also playing We Happy Few, which uh, don't believe the reviews, guys. This game is really good. It's like British uh, dystopia. It's very paranoia if anyone's played that tabletop RPG. Um, it is a game wherein you need to conform in order to get from place to place and then try to escape Wellington Wells, the wellest place in Britain. Don't ask anyone else and never leave. Take your joy. Uh, where everyone takes joy, a drug that makes you forget. And that's why everyone's happy all the time. Because uh, And then you wander around the world and you're like, oh, they've forgotten World War Two. Interesting. Even though there's all this clear evidence. And yeah, it's all about appearances and giving good face. Oh, uh, and also It sounds very black mirror. It's very black mirror. Like people wear these white masks uh that are permanently smiling, and they're all trying so hard to conform and be jolly about everything. And everything's very sixties mod fashion. The colours like there's this there's this beautiful boardwalk, boardwalk all the way through town, uh, which has an off-color rainbow. Like, it's four colors, and they're really garish, weird, um, like, mod, you know, bright orange, bright blue, a different blue, and a yellow. And it's, they're like, this rainbow is wrong. Everything here is just slightly wrong. It's really cool. Um, but I'm enjoying the living heck out of that. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, I'm there. I, it was on sale on the PlayStation, so I got ten pounds. I got all the DLC as well, and so I'm there. Like, give me all of the fashion, and also this dystopian plotline, and also now I'm going to craft some outfits, because uh, I know what I like, and I have stopped having shame about it all. Meh, meh, meh. Yay! Wonderful. That sounds great. Yeah. I think I've talked a lot. How's it going with that book that you're adapting? I just sent off another chapter today, which is very, it's always very exciting when stuff like that happens because I feel like it's a it's a good like tick. Um, I've just got a few more chapters to go, and I'm I it's really nice. I feel like I can see the finish line, and it's coming together. And I the last chapter I got to draw a another pug gig, which is just so much fun to draw, like to have all of the stuff going on and the hustle and the bustle and the loudness and the yes, yeah. I'm so excited it's for very, that. Very fun. I I am so looking forward to to getting to read it after it comes out. I don't know when that'll be, but also interesting question because yeah. because it's a comic and because it's an adaptation. Do you get many revisions? Because the plot's already done, and obviously redrawing. <laughs> pages would be take a long time to do like did you send them storyboards first or how did it how did the process yes. work so me and ryan worked together um 
to kind of adapt the book to be like this will work this won't work and things like that um and to tighten up some of the um the plot points to kind of make them a bit more visually interesting um but for the most part i just kind of go through the book and do a treatment and then send it to him and he's like yep 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 no 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 this part is really important and so we put it in or take it out or whatever um and then i just kind of go through from there and i send him updates as i go so i usually send through kind of three or four pages at a time so he can see the progress and then i'll send the full chapter as it's as a chunk so you can see it as a as a bit that's so cool it's great that you get to work with ryan so directly as well yeah it's really nice i'm not sure how whether our process is just kind of odd or but we found a way that works for us and every now and again we kind of change up the process if things kind of need a little bit of tweaking before i was kind of like sending a full chapter fully colored all the way in and then making changes to that is quite quite a lot because you have to go and change all the coloring and yeah. even though it's it, you know it's a black and white color like it's grayscale um it still is quite a lot of work so we've kind of found a way to do it a bit more efficiently now mm-hmm. which is cool and yeah he's a really enjoyable person to work with and i think we have a good a good way of communicating and i really trust that he's going to give me good feedback and robust feedback and he's not going to be like ah this is great and not tell me if things aren't working which is very helpful that's so cool what's so happening yeah. for that and ryan if, yeah. if you're listening Hey, uh, you should join us for the book launch. When that happens, we can talk about it. Yes, yes, yes. We should have Ryan on the show, actually. That would be great. I'm really into the idea of having like guests in, uh, I don't know, for the whole show or for segments or what, but I, I would love to do some of that this year. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, also, we could I... add a, an interview segment. Yeah. Oh, yes. We are the queerer now. I love chatting about people. <laughs> Also, uh, I I heard that you have found a jupe. Well, I've I've spotted a job that I would quite like to apply for. Um, there's a job going up at the National Library, which is incidentally about a ten minute walk from my new place. Oh, wonderful! Um, which is um, being the assistant curator for the Comics Archive for New Zealand. Oh my god! And I'm like. That's so perfect. I have, n- I have no archive skills, but I like comics, and I like libraries, and the job calls for like community development skills and being able to connect with different audiences. And I feel like I could do that aspect very well. So I'm kind of researching on archival practices and seeing if I have those skills, even if I don't have the qualifications. I mean, I that's pretty solidly you. I gotta say, my dude. Like, yeah, you're very good with you're very good with people. You're good with organizing other people. Like, you're. I think you're working on that literature festival still. Like, you're. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's a lot of community development. Yeah, like in I've, your works. I've done kind of curation stuff before, mm-hmm. um, just not in an archive sense, more in a kind of community sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, it's it's weird. I I had. You know, the last few years have been quite tumultuous 
and I've been like, oh, maybe I need to have a proper job again because, you know, doing freelance work is amazing and I feel very privileged to do that. But it's a hell of a lot of work mm. and it's a hell of a lot of anxiety. And, you know, you go through months at a time of like, I don't know when my next paycheck is going to come. How much do I have to eke out this mm -hmm. big project for and things like that? Or, the you know... The, the invoice, how, how much is this going to cover? Because I don't know when the next thing is to get paid. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's very hard work. Spike Trotman said in an interview recently uh, that all the things about their job, with the changes in postal rates, with the lockdown of conventions and everything, everything that they've worked so hard for for well over a decade now could just disappear. All in one yeah. night, they lose everything they've ever done. And... Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a reason why I always try to have a day job. Uh, not just because yeah. there's two of us and because we're homeowners, which is a whole weird, how the hell did that happen kind of a thing. And so there's no landlord to fix us to, to fix our shit. I've, we've got to like call in a plumber or learn how to do stuff ourselves, um, which we try to make a balance off. Um, but I love having a day job because I work so much better when someone is telling me what to do than when I have to self-motivate plan out my schedule and not veer from it. Like figuring out how to counteract a bad day is so hard for me. Like, yeah, I have so many write off days, which around my day job I can do because I know when I have to be in, I can call in sick, but I will be able to make up the hours because it's all very set and all that jazz. But with myself, I'm just there. Like if I get off, if I fall off the horse, how do I get back on it? You know? Yep. Yeah, so, there's no cushion. There's there's no cushion with um, freelance work, and it's hard. And yeah, you are you are your your own boss. Which to be lenient and being like very good at self care means that you might not eat, which is not good for self care. So it's like this double bind of like capitalism getting you in the end either way. So it's kind of nice to to think, oh, maybe I maybe I could get a job. In, so I'll apply for this one. I don't know if I'll get it or not, but hopefully hopefully other jobs will come up or I can find something that's a bit more sustainable so that I don't have to be living in such tumultuousness. Because, mm -hmm. you know, art doesn't pay particularly well and queer art. Oh, that's the other thing. Like, when you're working for yourself and... A lot of my projects are really um, values driven. So when queer organizations are like, can you do this project for us? We don't have much of a budget. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to say no. Yeah. It and so you end up doing projects for free or for basically free. And that also is hard. Mm-hmm. Because it's important, it's work that needs to be done. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it, it's yeah. always hard to be asked about that kind of thing and be like, do I know someone who would be able to do this for free? Do I have the time to even do it myself? Is it a thing that would be useful for me to do? I do want to do it. Yeah. So usually you want to do it, but it's like, yeah, will this put bread on my table? Will this put overpriced yeah. gluten-free bread on my table? <laughs> Yeah, and what kind of other projects can I do to help, like, balance that out? That oh, yeah. That will provide... 
I like if you've got something Won't else on, bear like, me out. Mm, will this take time away from other stuff I can do? Because that is a loss of income, yeah. just consensually. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that job. That sounds super Thank exciting you. and very you. Fingers crossed for you. Yes. Do you want yes. to go into our main topic of the day? Way too late yes. into the recording. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I've got to ramble less. I've got to make less points, less notes about how my day has been. Uh, but it is 20... 20- I love hearing about your day. Oh, I love hearing about yours. That's why I don't want to stop it. Uh, but it is 2021. It is time to talk about New Year. Same you. Are you res- resolving? Are you stagnating? Resolutions. Change everything. 2021. Black and Queer History Year Part 2, in my opinion. Oh. Well, you know, I think we started that last year, and they're like, you know what, we should just continue that, because, like, I've noticed the police haven't fully been reformed, or even started in some places, and I noticed that our our parliament is still le-fucked, so I don't think we should stop being like, hey, rock and riot, everybody, you need to get your ass in gear. Uh, or we will protest, and we will demand better of the people that claim to represent us. Yeah, that definitely seems like the vibe here as well, that people are kind of like, we were gearing up towards something last year, Mm. and then kind of COVID stuff happened, and everything got a bit weird for a while. But I feel like at the end of the year, people were kind of, uh, sort of outsiders were kind of being like, okay, that's enough now, calm down. And that's like, no, no, Nuh-uh. we've only just started. Never back to normal. And it does. Yeah, because yeah. fuck, this has been a big year. Like, just a heads up from the future here, this podcast was recorded on January 5th, a day before the January 6th uh, storm on the Capitol building. So we're not trying to downplay the importance and terror of that. We're just talking about our own stuff for a moment. <laughs> Bad timing. Sorry about that. New Zealand and UK, of course, so not everyone's going to know of what problems we've been going through specifically. Uh, but everybody's aware of like the Black Lives Matter movement over in the States, how much police reform needs to happen over there, how much uh, people are still being killed for no reason. Like The stories are still happening out there. Follow more black people on your social media. It's really enlightening. But uh, to not talk about too big of a thing of the world because again we don't live in the states so it's good to try and do what we can for our our local communities and our country because there's only so much we can affect i'd actually love if people would now that biden's coming in be like could we all be stop being distracted by the tangerine for a moment and try to deal with our own shit sometimes it feels like in new zealand we like to look at the states and be like haha we're so much better we're not like that Mm. but you know, in New Zealand, we have a really massive um, the prison stats for Indigenous people in New Zealand and Pacifica people as well. It's just outrageous. We have the highest rates of Indigenously incarcerated women in the world. It is <sighs> fact mm-hmm. that our justice system is incredibly biased against Māori and Pacific people and the idea that somehow we're better than the States is just, it's just false. Mm -hmm. And it feels like something happened last year where 
the Black Lives Matter was starting to uncover some of the stuff in the States and people here were able to say, hey, that's us too, and got us to kind of start that conversation and that's not going away. Sweet. Which is really good and important. And just last week we had some big um, prison riots happen where the Minister of Corrections was trying to kind of play it down and, oh, this is just gang members, don't worry about it. But these people were being served like brown water. They were in cells that just aren't fit for humans anymore, and that's what they were protesting about. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter why you're in jail, you still need to be treated as a human. Yes. Like, Like anyway, that's... No, totally right. Like, it, especially with prison systems, if you've got nothing to hide, then let some journalists go in and fucking have a look. Like, mm-hmm. if you've got nothing to hide, show us the water, show us the condition, show us how the size of the cells and if they get exercised. Like, are you treating people like we need you to be battery chickens away from people and just live in a cage? Or are you there for, like, reform purposes? It, are any prison systems there for reform purposes? I'd like to know! Oh, God. Yeah. Similarly, here in the UK, it's like, we need electoral reform really badly because conservative governments get in all the time because it's only the older folks that vote. Uh, We have a pretty good vote-by-post system, but it's still... The gerrymandering is too... The the gerrymandering of the different areas is just far too strong. And it's like, you're still voting for your local representative if you're voting for the prime minister. And it's like, what if your local representative is Nadim Zwali in Stratford-upon-Avon, who uses company funds, uh, who is a advisor to an oil company and receives a large paycheck from them? You can't work for a company if you're a uh, MP, but you can receive advisory payments, which is the same thing. <laughs> oh, no. Which is the same thing. Uh, yeah. Theresa May's husband also works in oil, and it's like, you guys have a lot of connections to oil if you work in politics. I really got to question that. And we don't have the alternative vote system, and I think that would really change things up, because because no one voted for the DUP, the Democratic Unionist Party of Scotland, their fifth largest party and by far the most right-wing. They are anti-gay, they are, uh, in some cases, pro the death penalty, uh, anti-women's rights, anti-abortion, like, fully all these things. And in order to have the majority of the seats in the House, the Conservatives bought for one million, sorry, one billion pounds of funds going towards uh, them and into Ireland in general, because Northern Ireland is still a Conservative and they still can't have abortions. Um, The Conservative Party paid them one billion pounds in order to buy their ten seats in Parliament in order to have the majority, which is messed up. You want to... Okay, Conservatives, you didn't vote for this madness. You should be upset. Like, the alternative vote system would say, who would you vote for second if you didn't do this? And it's like, that would give the Labour Party a lot better chance, that would give the Green Party a lot better chance, and that would maybe get all the people who are Conservative away from giving super racists a chance, because even for them, that's too far. Like, people vote Conservative because they've always voted Conservative. They're not voting, you know, UKIP because they're there. They didn't do that, but they would, you know, buy the votes from wherever they get, is what the parties do. Yeah. And ludicrous amounts of election funds go into that shit. It's crazy. Taxpayer funds. Yeah. 
Um, so, resolutions. <laughs> resolutions. Thanks for your We're political minute from here resolutions with Sam Harry. To resolutions. <laughs> yeah. What can we do? Feel free to say things that are just about improving your own work life and habits because that's important too. I mean, I am someone who used to write resolutions, but then I'd just feel disappointed with myself because I wouldn't achieve them. Or I'd forget about them and then I'd find the piece of paper like in December and be like, oh yeah, I was meant to do that. Oh well. So last year I did a thing where I was like, I'm just going to choose a word to kind of hold mm -hmm. for the year and that can be my thing that I can kind of think about um, and that can help inform me about what to do or just kind of like be curious about. And the word last year was tenderness because I think I was kind of still, I still am, but I was, you know, going through a grieving process of breakup and new starts and things like that and I wanted to be open about that about the feelings instead of trying to shut it down and trying to like um, pretend it wasn't there or just like keep powering forward I wanted to to embrace the softness of that and that was quite helpful I think it did a lot of crying and a lot of like being open to asking for help and support and friends and things like that mm -hmm. and I was trying to think about my word for this year and I wanted to you know, I've just moved into a new place and I'm by myself and I want to feel like grounded and in my strength or something. Mm -hmm. um, and my friend Julia, who happens to be a very good artist, a queer artist, you should go and look up Julia Howard. I'll put all the details in the show notes, um, suggested that maybe resolute was the right word because I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel grounded, felt too stuck. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wanted it to be about inner strength or something. And resolute feels, feels like a good word. So that's the word that I'm kind of holding and thinking about for this year. Cool. Which, yeah. That's a good word. I, I have heard of some other people, yeah, doing like a theme of the year or doing like a focus of the year. And I think that's a really good mm. way of doing it because it's very interpretable to your situation. Just try to yes. remind yourself to be more kinder or focus to yourself in, in a particular way. That seems like a, a lot of an easier thing to grasp with as well, which is cool. I Yeah, I've heard, I've heard other friends kind of do a theme, like, and the theme might be family or the theme might be sci-fi <laughs> just kind of like odd themes that don't actually fit to kind of personal growth or anything but can be just like here's something i want to explore more cool i mean if somebody wants to make a theme of afropunk for the year i will follow your blog that sounds cool as fuck <laughs> yes want it do you know monet please make a blog <laughs> uh, i've gone the complete opposite direction um uh so Gray McKay, uh, Bones McKay, and Ursula Gray uh, are really sweet art tubers. They're really cool. They do a lot of streams and a lot of like streaming of their work and chatting and storyboarding and everything. And it's like, oh my god, it's the way they keep themselves in check for getting stuff done. I want to, I want to do that. So I, I'm wanting to draw more. And one thing they did was they had three must-have goals, three maybe goals, and three dream goals and it's like it's a nice flexible system where it's like the must things are things that you definitely want to get done or need to finish 
The maybes are like, be good if you did this. And the dream girls are like, this is highly unlikely. But if you get the opportunity, you did want this. Reminder that you did mm. want this. Which I really like as nice. a concept. Um, yeah. Like my general theme for 2021 is do and post more art. Because I want to... I want to get back on that train. I really enjoy doing artwork and I've, I've written some stories now for other people to illustrate and I'm enjoying it. Uh, more news as that develops. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've done, I'll go through it quickly cause good Lord, we've been here an hour already. Um, three must goals be on time with my nectar anthology goals. Just because I'm one of the organizers does not mean I get to slack off. So, Tab, you'll receive my uh, script draft uh, in a week or two. Uh, post some more ex ex Patreon-exclusive content, yo. And, hey, I'm doing a video version of this. That should go on Patreon. I'm also blogging a bit on Patreon and trying to ask people to partake and do engagement and stuff. Also, we got our first person at the yes, $5 uh, tier. Shout out to Candace. Yeah. Oh. I... Uh, <laughs> Long time fan and long time just really cool person. So I'll be sending you some postcards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And do 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 and yeah, must make and post more art. The the maybe I've got is uh do that on a weekly basis. Like get to posting something a week. I think it's a good to have a habit as a resolution because that's the thing you can check in on. Rather than just like you know, make more stuff. Well that's vague. I'm probably going to do that, but will it count? I don't know. Not not that proactive a thing. Uh, maybe collab and fan art more with people I love and show other people some love. Because like, I really enjoy doing fan art, but I don't really post it. And it's still like, no, nah, do it. It doesn't matter if people don't like yeah, it or if idea. my style is not that complimentary. Just be like, hey, this person's cool. Like We got that Jesse Gender gig because I did some fan art that was fine. Gwen did some fan art that was really good. And then Jesse was like, hey, I'm doing a thing. Who wants uh, to make art for it? I will pay you. And we were like, hey. And she was like, oh, you guys. Yeah, sure. That's awesome. I already know you. Yeah, in my experience with fan art, anytime anyone has ever given me anything, I'm just so ecstatic. Mm -hmm. And anytime I've sent stuff to people, people have been like really touched that you put time and effort. Even if your stuff is kind of... S small or silly or whatever. Yeah, I've got people the enjoy it. Two pieces of fan art I've received <laughs> on my wall, um, both from friends of mine from Barcelona because I did that convention and people are so lovely and wonderful, and people like my weird British esque accent that makes no sense. So people like talking to me, but I cherish these things very much, and I like looking at them and being like, hey. People like you. Do stuff. I feel like people like you not just for your funny accent. They're, I think it's because you're, you're quite a delightful person. There is that, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's a reminder that, you know, do stuff, people like you. Why not? Uh, maybe goal, do an interview per month on My Never Transfer. Like, I started that with bookish type and I'd like that it be like two things a month one podcast with us and one here's a queer business go support them kind of a thing I, I want to do that yeah that's great I've got some ideas of of people as well 
Yeah. I mean, feel free to do some as well and just post them up. Do it. I'm so here cool. for it. Cool, cool. I, nice. Yeah, yeah. And then dream goals. Very quick, because these are like, uh. One, make a new zine that isn't just a review. Make my own content and be proud of it. <laughs> Storyboard a comic that I want to make. I've got a few in mind. Just do one of them. Any one of them. And connect with my family better. Because uh, my family are great. I just... I've struggled to reach out to them. Because, like, we don't always get on. And it's very, like... Hi, I've turned up to the thing. And then people start asking questions and interacting. And I'm there, like... Ah, a lot. And then just duck the hell away. And it's like... No, I need to. I need to find a way of interacting with them that works for me because I, I don't hate them. I and I worry that they think I do, and they're largely cool people. You know, nice. And they're also going through crap. Like my brother yesterday, t drove from Whitby back to uh, where's he working now? It's not Darlington. It's somewhere in that area, but quite a long way, like several hours by by drive to go to work, and I was told, we've received the update about COVID, you should go home, there's oh. not going to be a work for a month. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. I know, right? And they're like, I should check in more, because I keep thinking my siblings are so young, and it's like, they're three years younger than me, they're driving and boyfriending and doing stuff, you know? And I spoke to my sister on the phone, and I was like, you sound so different, you sound like an adult human person. Oh my god. <laughs> And it's like, I don't even, all my images in my mind of them are so old. I need to, I need to update that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I want to try doing that. It's, it's not easy to, nice. it's not always easy to reach out to people who you've not spoken to for a long time. So I, I want to try doing that at some point. See if Sounds I can ever lovely. see them again and this uh, yeah. year. You never know. It, yeah. yeah. The excuses It does feel hard. Family stuff is tricky and it brings up all of the all of the things and I feel like yeah particularly as queer people that outsider feeling and uh, I feel like sometimes my family I think I worry that my family think that I don't like them and I don't know how to be like I, it's just we sometimes don't know how to talk to each other it's hard and it's not because of yeah mm. and it's not because of bad feelings or anything it's just kind of living in different worlds is, is hard sometimes yeah, like my mum wishes I would talk more about, you know, the the trans journey that I've been largely doing by myself. And I'm there like, I don't want to come out six times as I figure things out. I wanted to be certain about it. And then I also hate coming out because it seems very pressurous to be like, here is a truth bomb. I will now look at you as you react and I'll keep that reaction with me for the rest of my life. I hope you're happy. It's like, <laughs> no, I hate that. I hate that shit. I would rather send somebody, like, a letter that says, To whom it may concern, I am a woman, and here are my name and pronouns. Please call me at your earliest leisure, and if you approve, let's talk about the tennis. Like, just fully in code, let's not make a big deal out of it. Because I, I don't think it's a big deal. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. All right. And it's that weird thing where it is, like, it's a big deal, but it's also not a big deal. And it's like... Yes! the best reaction is a really chill reaction mm. but you don't sometimes you have to go through a process with someone to 
so they get to the chill thing. Exactly that. Yes. Oh, I I want it to be yes. easier than ripping off a bandaid because that's like annoying. Like, yes. Just be like, hey, here's my what my sexuality is currently, and they're like, cool. Yeah. You know, just do that. They don't need to know too yeah. many things about. Not discuss being poly with them at all. Just they're like, <laughs> maybe, maybe someday. You know. Yeah. Maybe when I've got two consistent partners on the go that are relatively serious, I don't know. But for now, it's like, been with Gwen for several years, been with other people for a year tops, and even then I've not seen them very much. So, <laughs> it's not, let's not order that. Uh, you have yeah. made a section, the queer year ahead. Are you okay to keep going, or are you exhausted? Oh yes, I thought we could we could whip through this because we are we have been going for quite a, a long time. But I was just thinking about um, and maybe actually we can we can do this for next episode and we can get the listeners to tell us what they're excited about for Ooh. the queer the the queer ahead the queer year ahead. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of broke it down into different things. Uh, I was thinking about it because Jim Yoshioka who did Circuits and Veins, has, is working on a new comic that is hopefully going to come out uh, in 2021 called Folk Remedy, which That's a sounds very queer and really interesting and kind of about diaspora and the changing world. Mm -hmm. It's kind of set in 1920s Japan. Which is super cool because that's very different to Circuits and Veins, which is like, hey yes. guys, robots and human love stuff, emergent AI lesbians cyberspace it's very cool and a lot about insecurities and dealing with and bodies and disability and... Mm. and it's very good and it's completely finished and you can read it online now at your leisure and gem's super cool yes gem is super cool and i know that they've she's been putting heaps and heaps of work into folk remedy to kind of developing this story and um kind of yeah, exploring her own identity through that as well, which I find kind of fascinating. Mm. Uh, but I also found a list of, like, queer movies that are coming up and queer TV shows mm -hmm. that will be continuing on, like Gentleman Jack, Work in Progress, Hitman, L Word, Sex Ed. Um, I'm really intrigued about what they do with Elliot Page's character in Umbrella Academy. Yeah, massively. That goes. Like, they let Vanya, um, uh, I don't know if it was in the original comics, but Vanya explored their queerness in season two in a really interesting and really emotional, heartfelt way. And so it'd be really mm. cool to see if they let Vanya also be trans, because that character's heavily repressed. Therefore, it yeah. wouldn't be too far away from possibility. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's it sounds like all signs are leading to to the the show embracing that and being cool with it, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a, a movie that was actually developed as a television series that I helped do some consultation on called Rurangi, which is a... <laughs> I'm sure I've talked about it on here before. Are you playing a dead body um, again or an, an annoyed homeowner? <laughs> Yeah. I'm so excited whenever you get into TV and film. I'm so hyped every time. 
<laughs> no, no, I was just in behind the scenes of this. I'm not on screen on this. Um, still but it's a kind of a, a, a very sweet trans um, story. And that has been getting lots of really good reviews. It's set in New Zealand and it's about a trans guy kind of coming home and reconnecting with his family. Cool. Um, and well worth watching. It'll make you cry and also make you laugh. If Olivia a... if Olivia from the Leeds Queer Film, Queer Film Festival is watching, hey, see if we can get this one. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it, it got sent to Germany last year and had some really good reviews and things. Awesome. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. There's also a book list that I'll put in the in the show notes from Oprah Magazine, but also from Autostraddle about books coming your way in 2021. Autostraddle also did a reading list for um, radical reading for 2021, which I think kind of ties in well with our revolutionary talk before we got to the resolutions. Um and also New Zealand now has the queerest parliament in the world as of our last elections, which is very exciting. We have 13 out of 120, which is over 10%. Woo! Um, so I'm very much hoping that that will bring some big gay change to New Zealand. At the very least, yeah. this means there's a series of people giving you side-eye if you vote against queer stuff. Like... Good. Exactly. Excellent. There will be consequences. There will be comeuppance. There will be people being there like, so hey Dave, you know how we work together? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gonna call you out on your shit. We, Sorry, go ahead. We see you. <laughs> um, and my, uh, my last plug was that if you are thinking about the year ahead, maybe you need a calendar for 2021. If so, there is a great calendar by Gender Minorities, which is our local um, trans, gender, awesome, non-binary, etc., etc., um, community advocacy, all-round amazing organisation which helps and supports people who are doing a fundraiser calendar, <laughs> Harriet is showing the screen on the video to all our wonderful Patreons. Um, but also, it's just very sweet, and they could do with your financial support because largely they're running off of donations from the op shop that they run, which obviously had a bit of a rough year last year because of lockdown. So do yourself a f- favour and get that calendar for this year, and yeah. Mm-hmm. All big yawn. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I, I did just wake up. Honestly, I might go back to bed after this. But then I will edit! <laughs> Alright, was there anything else on the list to discuss? Bring the list back up. That Ooh. was all my stuff, I think. Woo! Well, I don't want to dwell on it too long, but you did also put new season of RuPaul's Drag Race on here. Now, are you also... Oh yeah, it's... Mm. It just started. I haven't watched it yet. Me neither. And the thing is, like, I had fallen kind of out of love with Drag Race, mostly because there was just too fucking much of it. Like, yeah. I couldn't keep up. I didn't yeah. watch Drag Race UK or Holland. I should have watched, uh, was it Taiwan? Oh, Jesus, fuck. I didn't even know that there was... I only watched UK yet. That was the only I've heard of. Uh, the Asian one's really good because it's very avant-garde. Um, and it's more art. Uh, based. Right. 
and they're not afraid of being ugly, which is very cool. Um, which, you know, regular drag race very frequently is. Uh, yes. More and more as the show goes on, I think, as well. Yeah, so like, well, you look like a clown, and that's cool, but the winner of this challenge is the one who looks like an underwear model who can also sing a bit. It's like, mm, yeah. But are you also intrigued for this new series because of Gothmic, who is the first trans man to enter Drag Race at all? Which is super hyped. Oh, oh you didn't know this? I didn't know that. Yes, one no. of the main season contestants, Gothmic, is a uh, trans man and drag queen. And they often display cool. their scars in their presentations. And I'm very excited oh. about that. You've also yeah. got Drag Race UK Season 2 coming up, which Licorice Black and Juno Birch did an amazing discussion of the cast for, because they know pretty much everybody. And Juno is also a trans woman who does this amazing alien aesthetic. And Licorice Black is the one who does all the black and white looks. You may have seen them on adverts and Drag SOS. Very cool people. And they're both very excited for Ginny Lemon, do you fancy a slice? Who is uh, self-declared the UK's only non-binary drag queen with a sense of humour. And then they're like, ooh, <laughs> look at you. Uh, and they they wore the most ridiculous post-gendered clown look for their promo pictures, bright yellow, wearing Crocs. And I'm just kind of there, oh, they were like fringe hair, fringe outfit, Crocs in the air doing a kick up. And I'm like, you are a clown, and you're embracing it, and I want to know more. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed the first se season of Drag Race UK. It was quite delightful. Maybe I should watch it now after the hype. Like, I, I do love Gina DeCampo, uh, and I should probably go and watch that and enjoy that. I should also probably watch yeah. Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 3, because I am way behind on my Dragula, and that show I'm actually into, into. Um... Oh, I keep getting that advertised to me, but I haven't watched it. Oh, watch it. so the Boulay brothers do pageants that are horror, glamour, and dirt uh, over in the US, and they made their own series for YouTube, and then it got picked up by Hey Queen, so they got a bit more budget, and then they got picked up by Amazon, so they got a lot more budget. And um, really cool thing, like, the winner of season one came back to do the set dressing and the theming of season two. And they were like, oh. first one was like indie horror. We have no budget. Uh, when when queens get eliminated, by the way, they are executed. There is a horror short <laughs> vignette where they are murdered. Like oh, so here, sounds very good. And you've got bearded queens, and you've got uh, drag kings in some of the more recent season. Uh, Landon Sider, the only drag king anyone's heard of from America, is in season three, and I'm just there like. They're, they're doing the work. They're doing the work. They're, they're like, Drag Race needs to catch the fuck up. We're doing the work. Very here for it. Yay. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll catch up with drag. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh. All right, shall we do a little closeout? Yeah, I don't want to take you until midnight, because thank you so much for being awake. I'm doing early this time, oh, everyone, yes. and Sam is doing the late shift. But I feel so bad. It's, it's totally fun. I had actually forgotten about it until you texted and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. This, I should get ready. This is why I message ahead. Yes, it was very good. Um, thank you very much, everyone who has listened. 
we love your comments and feedback so if you want to tell us what you enjoyed or what you didn't let us know uh, you can find us on Patreon, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, I guess. Oh yeah, we technically but have we those. Will, um, <laughs> but we will be back next <laughs> month. We're doing this regular this year, this is our must-do resolution. So we'll be, we'll be ready for to see you again in February. Have yourself a merry beginning of the new year. Thank you, Sam, so much for chatting with me. Enjoy your sleeps. This episode of My Never Trans Toro featured MX Harry Ann Bentley, she they, Samuel Orchard, he they, sponsored by No One, sound effects and music by zapsblatt.com, and is available in video format with extras on our Patreon, patreon.com slash transtoro. And you can read our comics online. Harry's are at genderquest on Instagram, and Sam's can be found at RoosterTalesComic.com. That's RoosterTalesComic.com.